Well, everyone, welcome home. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Uh, it is a different Sunday on Hilton Head Island, isn't it? And I don't know about you, um, I, I'm just really glad that we are all here, aren't you? I'm glad, absolutely. I'm so thankful, as Cynthia mentioned earlier, I'm just so thankful that today um, I have breath in my lungs and that you're here, and I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for, for coming out in the midst of the chaos that is, let's just face it, your life and my life right now. Welcome home. Those are the two words that we all were greeted with when we drove on the island on Tuesday or Wednesday, right? A piece of plywood and spray paint. And if you live here, you know how it never, under normal circumstances, would ever have been allowed, right? <laughs> Am I right? On Hilton Head Island, come on. <laughs> but we were greeted with a piece of plywood and spray paint that said, welcome home. And you know, there was, a, there was a certain amount of peace that we all received when we saw that sign, right? But there was a certain amount of irony. Not just the irony that, like, under normal circumstances, it wouldn't have been allowed. And under no normal circumstances, uh, Byron Sewell, who put it up, would have probably been fined for it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was ironic in, in a lot of different ways. Because as soon as, it, and it was a kind gesture, it was an incredibly kind gesture. I mean, he took a piece of plywood that was protecting his mother's home, and he took it and he spray-painted Welcome Home on it, and, and what a great, kind, peaceful gesture. Um, I, I want to encourage you to read about it. It's a great story from yesterday in the Island Packet about it. But it's ironic in the fact that um, as we drove further onto the island, Welcome Home had a new meaning, didn't it? Home, for a lot of you, had a whole different meaning, didn't it? And I know that some of you walked in these doors today, you walked into this room, and, uh, and you're hurting. And it's okay to hurt. And it's okay to be angry. And it's also okay to not quite understand why we can worship like we do. And my prayers is, and my hope is, is that today if you walked in and you're angry and you're hurting, and for you... Life here at home now is all about picking up the pieces. And it may be suffering for a little while. And for you, it may be excruciating. And I want you to know that God is okay with your sorrow. He's okay that you may not have a smile on your face this morning, even about being in church. He's okay that you may shake your fist in anger and ask, why me? And he's okay that you may doubt and that you may wonder. Because I know over the past 10 days, I've wondered and I've had doubts and I've been afraid. And you can ask my family, I've had a great, awesome pity party that I invited them to and they didn't come, but I did. <laughs> they experienced it, but they didn't come to it. It is okay that today you're hurting. And we're in this series called Life Without a Net. I had no clue before we started the series what we would come home to. Because some of you are not just coming home to life without a net. Some of you are coming home to life without a home. Or life with a home that has a new skylight in it. Or whatever the case may be. 
Or you may be coming home to a job that you can't get back into for a few days or a few weeks, and you're worried about finances. Or you may have come home to a deductible that's higher than you thought, or a tree that you thought would never fall that did. And you may be frustrated and angry. And I want you to know that God wants to receive that. He wants to receive that. My prayer is and my hope is is that you would be encouraged and challenged today. We're going to continue in this series. I just feel like God's leading us to continue in this series. However, we're going to pause on Hebrews chapter 11, which is really where this series all kind of came about. And we're just going to be taking a look today at what it means to have faith when life is turned upside down. I don't know about you, but there are are a few phrases and words that um, I've heard a lot over the last 10 days that I would care never to hear again ever in my life, like debris or storm surge or deductible. And I never want to hear anything more about sewage issues. Are you with me? I am done hearing about that, okay? So my prayer as your pastor right now is is that you and I never have to hear those words again. But, you know, um, as we talk about a lot at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we talk about the fact that Jesus tells us in his word that we are not promised perfection on this side of heaven. In fact, he tells us, one of his promises is that we will have trouble. And and I said it on a video, um, even like right after the hurricane came, we heard it was really bad. Um, I I said, I said it wrong. I don't know if you you got it. But he goes on to say, um, but I have overcome the world. I I said he will. It was was just a mistake because I think I was tired. But he says, I have overcome the world. And see, in the midst of this, I know that some of you are wondering, how in the world can these people sing praises to God during this time? How can I stand up and lift my hands and and have an attitude of praise to God when my life and my world and my home and, and my job and career and my family have been displaced and I feel like a nomad and, 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 and a sojourner and I don't know what is going to happen to me. How in the world can we all give praise to God? It's because at the end of the day, even though we may be hurting too, our faith is in Him. And here's why. Because He promises that He will never, ever leave us. He will never leave us. It may seem like He's left, but He hasn't. He is there. And he's there for you. You know, I I always wonder in times like this, what kind of lessons I can learn? um, What kind of, you know, like things can I teach the kids? And can I, (laughs) they probably learn it before I do, really, to be honest with you. What kind of things can I learn through this? And I've learned a couple things um, through Hurricane Matthew. And uh, so some of the lessons I've learned, first and foremost, I learned over the past 10 days, I'm in control of almost nothing. (laughs) I mean, really, right? Like, I think we learn through tragedy and crisis that there's there's like a certain amount of things that we have control over. But it really is a small amount of things in life that we have a control over. I really don't have too much control much of anything. 
I can't control the weather. I can't control the response. I can't control the aftermath. There's another word I'd like to forget. I, I, I can't control what happens. I can't control you know, my family and, and, and friends and what happened to them. And I can't control the, the grief that I have because my house was a little bit better than you know, someone else's house. Uh, and, and even guilt sometimes. Like, I can't control that. But I also learned... Another lesson, and that is, is I also can't blame God for everything bad that happens. I can't blame God for everything bad that happens. And that's a whole message for another time, I realize. I learned something else. I don't pack very well when you have to pack quickly. <laughs> Any of you with me? You know what I brought? I brought sandals because I live at the beach, all right? That was fun in Atlanta <laughs> in the fall. Uh, I brought dress shoes, these guys right here, all right? So I brought really nice shoes and um, some old ratty T-shirts that I would only wear out in the yard, all right, and hope that none of you come by. Uh, and I brought um, a couple nice shirts that I would go out on a date with my wife in. And so that was what I brought. Oh, and my golf clubs. And full disclosure, I played golf a few times in Atlanta while I was there, okay? All right, full disclosure. I brought my golf clubs and dress shoes for a hurricane evacuation. And I'd packed for two days. How many of you packed for two days, like me? Thank you, all right? Yes, there's a club for us. Okay, another lesson I learned is, is that I love working with a chainsaw, but I am not 33 anymore. <laughs> and boy, it was sore the few days and even today uh, afterwards. It's another lesson that I learned, and I think we're all in the midst of learning this, is that our faith is deepened through tragedy. We may not realize it while we're going through it, we may not realize it even when there's like somebody throws, you know, a life preserver to us. We may not realize it when we're in the midst of cleaning up after the storm. But our faith becomes stronger through tragedy and trials and tribulation and suffering. If if we allow it to. We're going to take a look at three different passages today that my prayer has been over the last 48 hours, and I, I took the message that was planned for today and threw that out the window, um, is that you would be encouraged and challenged in your faith walk because life without a net really like, has new meaning to us today, doesn't it? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 11. I promise we'll get back to Hebrews 11 in the coming weeks. But turn to Matthew chapter 11. We're also going to be in 1 Peter chapter 5. If you don't have your Bibles, it's fine. The words will be on the screen. And then lastly, we're going to be in James chapter 1. How can you and I find faith in the midst of our world turned upside down? Because let's face it, none of us expected this. And that's what, that's what happens with tragedy. I mean, I, I mentioned it last week, if any of you. How many of you joined us on Facebook Live, by the way, either live or later? That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you guys for doing that. Last week when we couldn't be here, we were together uh, online. Um, and, and so uh, last week we came together and we talked about the fact that um, there is really like nobody ever expected this to happen. People told me when I first moved here that uh, Hilton Head Island was immune to hurricanes. <laughs> that the Gulf Stream is too far out to bring them in close to us. <laughs> that we're, you know too far inland as far as the curvature of like the United States goes. Matthew did not know that they said that. 
And we're left picking up the pieces, aren't we? And our world's turned upside down. So how do we find faith when life is just turned upside down? Three simple points today. And it begins with the point that you and I are tired right now. Any of you tired this morning? Raise your hand. Along with me, I'm raising my hand. Because you lay down at night and all you can think about is what happened, right? All you can think about is what you have to do tomorrow. You lay down and all you think about is the people who really got it bad. Sometimes I start thinking about the people in Haiti, and that keeps me awake. Because over 900 lives were lost in Haiti. And we've got it bad, but we don't have it that bad, do we? And so you and I have to face the fact, point number one, that we're tired, but God offers us rest. And I'm talking physically here, but I also want to point out that the physical body, please don't miss this, the physical body is related to and connected to the spiritual body. And so when you and I are tired in our physical bodies, it can have, if we don't face it, it can have an effect on our spiritual lives and on our faith life. And so today, I'm admitting to you that I've had very little sleep in the last 10 days. And that doesn't lead to good things in my life. And I'll talk about that in point number two. But we're tired, aren't we? We're tired. That's not like, we're tired, people. We're tired, exhausted, and there's more work to do. I mean, this recovery is going to take Hilton Head, not weeks. Probably it's going to take more than months. It's probably going to take us a good year to get back to where we were, and it's going to be a little sunnier on Hilton Head Island uh, in a year, right? It already is in many ways, but we're tired, and God offers us rest. He offers us rest. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, he said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right now, a lot of you are cleaning up and you're, you're helping your neighbors and you're, you're, you're walking down the street and you're checking on people who may not be able to help themselves and maybe you've made some phone calls even while you're evacuated in Orangeburg or Spartanburg or Atlanta or Charlotte or wherever you're evacuated um, and, and you, you've been away and you've made phone calls and you're helping people and I got to tell you one of the silver linings in this is to watch the people of Hilton Head join hands and go shoulder to shoulder and help their neighbors. I have loved watching that. That's awesome, isn't it? Absolutely. Give it up. I've loved watching you as a church join hands with each other and go out and serve our community. 
I challenged you to serve your neighborhood, to get your house in order first, and then go down your street and serve your street and serve the people who live on your street and in your neighborhoods. And you guys are doing it. I'm seeing pictures on social media. I'm seeing all kind of stuff. It's awesome. We partnered this week, last minute thing. I wanted to feed someone because, you know, food was scarce this week. And so on Thursday, we, uh, we got Salvation Army. They were looking to, to help a church. And, and Todd Cooper made a connection with a fireman, which led us to being able to partner with Salvation Army. And uh, we went down to Mitchellville, who was out of, without power for a longer time than most. And we served about, probably gave away about 50 meals there. We had planned on 200. And to be honest with you, it was late and it was a little discouraging. And then um, someone had the good idea of going over to the Oaks and Sandalwood. And they went over there. Your pastor left. Uh, they went over there and they served. <laughs> nice of me, huh? They went over there and they served um, uh, over in, at about 9 p.m. hot meals. And they gave over 200 meals away. Isn't that awesome? To people who, you know, didn't have anything because they had to throw everything away. I love seeing that, but you know, we're tired. You're tired and there's more work to do. And this is, this is the time for you and I, wherever you are in your faith walk, um, to walk to Jesus, to turn to him. It's time for us to Find our rest in the time that we spend with the one who died for our sins on a cross so that we could have eternity in heaven. And Jesus says that he wants you to come to him. Listen, he's opened his arms and he's saying, welcome home. That's the real welcome. Come to me. He says, come to me and I will ease your burden." I will give you rest. You know what that requires on our part? Is that we spend time in his word. It's so important right now that you and I spend time in God's word. Because we need rest. And when we're tired physically, we become tired and vulnerable spiritually. And that's the second point. Not only are we tired, but we are also extremely vulnerable right now. You and I are extremely vulnerable from a spiritual perspective, and here's why. We are tapped out emotionally, aren't we? I mean, even if you're stoic, like you've shed a few tears. I know you, all right? It's the way this works. We're tired. It's exhausting emotionally. See your friends and neighbors go through the tragedy. To see this place you live turned upside down. To walk down my neighborhood and see so much debris piled up that like it looks like new hedges were planted and they're dead <laughs> like it just it's just a different world and so not only are we tired physically and not only is the physical body connected to the spiritual life but the emotional life is also connected to the spiritual life you and I are very vulnerable right now we are open to be attacked by the evil one in ways and situations that maybe we never have been before. Some of you are here today and because you're tired and you're worn out, you're vulnerable spiritually. and You're very open to going back to an old lifestyle that caused an upheaval in your life that you had finally had victory over. And now's the time that the evil one is out there 
waiting to trap you and pull you in and waiting to trap me and to pull me in. And so you and I are spiritually vulnerable, and there's, there's, there's a word of encouragement about us being tired and, and going to Jesus for rest, but there's a word of warning and caution to us today that we've got to go to God to receive spiritual protection. Because the temptations that we have faced in our lives that so easily grab us and tangle us up and cause us to fall Right now, it's those things and it's those temptations that are going to cause us to fall back into that thing. And I'm admitting as your pastor that I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention myself. Because we all have trigger points. Maybe for you, it's, um, it's like mine and it's anger and frustration. Hey, I'm Irish. I get it naturally, all right? And I've let the evil one kind of get in my life and lash out at my family a couple times. Maybe for you it's a, it's a sexual sin that you had received victory over or an addiction that you'd received victory over. Or maybe it's something involving your family that keeps coming to light right now. Right now, you and I are incredibly vulnerable to the attack of the evil one. And Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 5. 6 through 11, he says this, stick with me on this, hang with me on this, okay? He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. And then verse 7 says, casting all your anxieties, or if, you're, if your translation says cares, it's the same thing, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It says, be sober-minded. Here's our part. That's his part. He cares for you. I want you to hear that again. Stop for a moment. Let's go back to verse 7. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. Even if you already came into this hurricane with a tragedy, which I know some of you did, and all of a sudden this hurricane brought another one unexpectedly, he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then here's our part. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Verse 9, resist him. Firm in your faith is where the life without a net comes in, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Wow, if that verse isn't appropriate for us right now, I don't know any verse that is. Because right now our tendency is to kind of think it's only happening to us, and it's just not, is it? Because the same things that you're experiencing, other neighbors are experiencing. The same temptations that you're experiencing, other Christians are experiencing. The same struggles financially or, or otherwise, that like you know, finding the resources to be able to rebuild that you're experiencing. There are others who are experiencing that as well. And your job, my job, in our spiritual lives is to resist the evil one. And when we do that, man, our faith is strengthened. Our faith is strengthened so that life without a net or a home or insurance or whatever it may be, all of a sudden, we're standing much more strong. Verse 10, 
And after you have suffered a little while, here's the best part. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore you. He will confirm you. He will strengthen you. And he will establish you. Man, I needed that verse yesterday. I'm just going to be honest with you. I needed that verse. I needed that one. Because I needed to be reminded that, like, I can do all the restoration in the world, and I can pick up all the debris, and I can make all the right phone calls and get the, get the you know, tree that's, they call it a widow maker, dangling over my house right now. It's great. I'm like, kids, don't go outside. You know how I tell you to go play outside and get off the games? Play with the Xbox and the Wii and your phone. All right, just, like, do that all the time now. Don't go outside. So, like, I needed to be reminded of that. But he's the one. He restores us and confirms us and strengthens us and establishes us. And then he says in verse 11, to him be the dominion forever and ever. You see, we're, we're weary, we're tired. We need to go to Jesus for rest. We're also very vulnerable. And I'm praying for you, Hilton Head Island Community Church. And I'm praying for me. And I'm praying for my family. Because I am no less vulnerable than you are. And you're no less vulnerable than I am. Satan is waiting to get us, and now's the time. And it's also the time because you all are doing a lot of good for your community. And he wants to disrupt that. Do you know when the light shines the brightest? It's in the darkness. Am I right? Light will shine brightest when it's dark, and it's a dark time now for our community. And I am so incredibly proud of you because you guys are shining bright, man. You're a beacon on a hill right now, and I love it. And so does God, but the, 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 the evil one is just waiting there to pull you down because he doesn't like that. And so we're vulnerable, and we need to seek protection from God. And then finally, we're shaking right now. <laughs> it is unsettling. We are shaking. We have to face that. There'll be more of those days to come, but you know what? It's through those trials that we become stronger. And so we are shaking, but... It's your faith that will steady you. You may be shaken right now, but it is your faith and it's my faith that will steady us. James, I love James. He, he comes right out of the gates and, and, and says this in James chapter 1, this is verse 2 through 4. He says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. <laughs> we'll come back to that in a second, all right? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. When I read that word in the ESV, I've been reading the ESV for about five years now, and I read that word. It was a different word than I had experienced before, and I'm like, is that really an English word, steadfastness? That sounds like somebody made it up, right? You know what it means? It means consistency. It means fortitude or strength. And he says, let steadfastness, let, let steadiness or, or, or solidness or consistency have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect on this side of heaven. It means that we're going to be perfectly inside where God wants us to be, and that's in him because he's perfect, and then we are perfect because of that. Not that we're perfect on this side of heaven. That's a whole message for another time. I just opened up Pandora's box, didn't I? <laughs> Our faith is not strengthened during the mountaintop experience. It's not strengthened... When we have that experience where we feel so good about God, yes, it's exercised, 
But our faith is made stronger when we go through trials, and we're all going through a trial right now that we never would have imagined. And I want to come back to that verse 2. He says, count it all joy, my brothers. I want you to hear that again. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I love what he says there because he says, count it joy. He doesn't say, hey, in the midst of a hurricane coming through and Hilton Head having the eyewall hit it and probably tornadoes being spawned and your life being turned upside down, he doesn't say, put on a smile and have a good attitude. Do you notice that? He says, count it as joy. Look, God knows that right now you and I are probably not going to be very joyful about our circumstances, right? We're not going to be pleased or happy that we have to go through this. But from a spiritual perspective, what James is telling us to do is to count it as joy. And here's how we count it as joy. It's like putting a deposit in the bank that we don't touch for a long time. We go through this trial and we deposit joy because at some point in time, guess what? We're going to face another trial. And we can be joyful because when we faced Hurricane Matthew in the aftermath, our faith was strengthened. And I want to encourage you and challenge you today that our faith can only be strengthened um, when we're in a position to allow God to strengthen it. God is saying, welcome home. He is saying, come close to me. He's saying, receive rest from me. He is saying receive protection, spiritual protection from me. But he is also wanting to strengthen our faith as a church, as an individual, as a church, and as a community. And that can't happen when we are like I was yesterday, having a pity party for ourselves. It can happen when we face reality. and We may not be happy about reality. But we're there with God, and we're waiting on him, and we're resting in him, and we're receiving him, and we're spending time in his word. He says, welcome home to each and every one of you this morning. He's ready to receive your frustration. He's ready to receive your fatigue. He's ready to receive the anger and the disappointment. He's even ready to receive the unanswered questions. Like, why in the world do hurricanes exist at all? Why do we have to go through this? He is waiting for you to draw close to him so that your faith can be stronger and my faith can be stronger. That's my prayer for Hilton Head Island Community Church. As we're a light, we have to pay attention to our own soul. And as we serve, we have to pay attention to where we are, each of us spiritually. And I want to challenge you to find rest in him, find protection from that area you're vulnerable, and allow your faith to be strengthened. Allow that trial, this trial that we're all going through, to be counted as joy one day. I want to end today by doing something a little bit different. I'm going to ask our leadership team, stewardship team, elders, staff, to come on up here. And I'm going to hand the phone to Todd Cooper. He doesn't know this. <laughs> I'm going to hand the I'm gonna, phone. <laughs> Microphone to Todd Cooper. 
and I'm going to ask him to pray. And I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand and pray with us. And I'm going to ask you to pray for those who were affected in much worse ways than we were. Because as Cynthia said earlier, we have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? A lot. A lot to be thankful for. But I want us to pray for the people of Haiti. I want us to pray for the people of North Carolina who are going through severe, extraordinary flooding. I want us to pray for the people of the Bahamas, the islands, Caribbean islands. I want us to pray for the people of Florida and Georgia and the low country, our neighbors is South Carolina. I want us to pray for our officials, our, our leaders, as they lead through, through these difficult days. Um, so I'm going to ask you to stand up. And as you pray, um, Todd's going to pray, and then I'm going to close us. All right, Todd? So, and then I'm going to pray for you. And I'm just going to ask you to stay in this room for a moment. When we're done, we're going to worship again. Um, and I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God lifts you up today. All right, so would you join? You can kneel. You can come down to the cross. You can do whatever God is calling you to do, whatever posture you want to take today. Let's pray together, Todd. God, we come before you. God, we come before you as, as the God of the ages, or the God of creation. God, as Mark shows us in his gospel, the God of the storms. God, we come before you with our questions, our doubts, our fears. And God, although some of them might never be answered, God, we come before you understanding that you are all-powerful, God, that you are in control and have the ability, God, to do what you will with the storms, God. And we also come before you, God, knowing that you are also full of love, God, that you are the definition of love, that you care for us, as we read about in 1 Peter. God, and we know that to be the truth because of what Jesus your son did for us on the cross. And God, knowing those two things, God, knowing that you are in control, that you have the power, God, you have the knowledge, God, you have the love, God, that we can't, can't even grasp in our mind. God, we pray right now that you comfort us, you comfort this island, you comfort those here in the United States and those, God, in the Bahamas and the islands, God. God, that you give us and them a supernatural peace, God, that surpasses all understanding. God, that you provide, God, spiritually, physically, emotionally. God, that you give us rest. God, give us rest. God, I pray for miracles amidst the chaos. Miracles for those, God, who, who might not know what the next hour holds for them. God might not know what the next day or the next weeks or months holds for them. God, I pray for miracles. And God, if, if those miracles include us in our hands and our pocketbooks and, and whatever it might be, I pray that you use us, God. God, I pray that you give us rest, that you comfort us, God. That I pray for those in here who, God, maybe have not been affected like their neighbors or like the other people in this nation or in this world. God, I pray for, for those of us who, God, maybe don't have compassion right now. God, whatever it might be, maybe we have hard hearts. Maybe we don't see the reality that some people's lives have been turned upside down. I pray for compassion. I pray that you soften our hearts. 
God, that you open our eyes to what's going on, that you give us the desire and the ability, God, to be your hands and be your feet and be that light in this dark, dark time. God, amidst all of this, God, above all things, we pray that you be honored and glorified. God, in, in this chaos, which it seems almost impossible, that you could be honored and glorified. God, we know that you will be. And God, we pray that your name be lifted high. God, that your kingdom is advanced and that people come to know you, God, in a whole new way. And God, right now, I just want to pray for um, the peop- the other communities and countries that were affected by Hurricane Matthew. I pray for Haiti. God, I pray for those who are there in the southwest part of that country who um, lost parents and grandparents and children and babies. and Their homes were literally just wiped away off the face of the earth. God, like Job, I pray that you would restore to them just a newness of life. God, that you would be with them and that you would encourage them and lift them up. God, I thank you so much for our leaders here. God, I thank you for um, our leadership team at Hilton Head Island Community Church, many of whom are up here with me today and some who are not here, some who are in the first service. God, I thank you so much for their hard work. God, I thank you for those who are helping us out with uh, meeting the needs of those who in our congregation need help, God. I pray for them, give them strength. God, I pray for our our town leaders, God, for our mayor and our town council and for our our county uh, officials. God, for for, uh, Governor Nikki Haley. God, I I just thank you for her and I pray for her. God, I pray that you would just be with us. Be with President Obama as he um, has a lot to do with uh, emergency response throughout this land. God, I pray that you would be with our government leaders and officials. And those first responders, those heroes in my book, God, I pray that you would just lift them up as your word says, as Isaiah says, on it, like eagles' wings, God. You would lift them up on wings like eagles, God. Protect them. And God, I pray right now for the people in this room who are tired. If you're here today and you're weary and worn out and you're fatigued and tired, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. No one's looking around. It's just you and God. Just raise your hand up to God just as an acknowledgement that I, I am tired. And God, I pray for those who have their hands up right now. God, I pray that you would be with them. God, that you would give them rest, that they would draw near to you, that they would come home to you. God, that they would feel welcome in your loving arms. And how many of you today are here and you know you're vulnerable and you're willing to admit it this morning? Just raise your hand. God, you see our hands. You see mine. I pray that you would help us to find spiritual protection in you. Help us, God, to be protected from the evil one. And God, as we are a light in a very dark world, God, I pray that you would go before us and that you would lead us and guide us and that we would be led as a church, Hilton Head Island Community Church, by your Holy Spirit, God. May we be a part of the recovery effort. But as Todd Cooper just prayed, God, I pray that you would use this time to reach people. God, that your name would be made great and that many people who don't know you would come to know you and that many people whose faith was thin would be strengthened through this. May you be glorified in it. And God, we give you all the praise and the glory as we worship now in your name we pray. And all God's people said.